Dr. J Interviews is a collection of candid conversations with good black and professional men regarding life and career choices. I'm your host, Dr. J McCarthy. All right, man, I want to go ahead and welcome to my show, Mr. McKinney. How you doing today, brother? Man, I'm doing ecstatic. How you doing, sir? Hey, man, I'm I'm alive, man. I had a little fall today, but outside of that, I'm, <laughs> I, I was good to go. I was I was on a business call, and, and I was walking with my laptop, and I slipped. I was going outside to get some air while I was on the call, and boy, I hit that ground so hard, and phone went flying, <laughs> and laptop went flying, and everything okay you got all your faculties your bones and, oh, yeah. uh, and everything good <laughs> my, 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 my harlem knights moment my pinky toe hurting a little bit but you know uh. <laughs> but yeah man, let's go ahead and jump into it man i just uh, what do you do for a living brother um currently now i am a assistant principal uh for a district here in dayton ohio nice. uh been been assistant principal for four years going on five been in education uh, for 19 years. And, uh, this is, you know, this is my passion. Um, you know, definitely, uh, we, we had an announcement yesterday about the school year. (laughs) Um, they're going to go to, uh, we are going to go to all virtual learning for the first nine weeks. Okay. And, you know, we'll see how the COVID reacts in October and hopefully we we can get our kids, man, we can get them back in school. So, but that's kind of where we at right now. I know you're looking forward to that. So a brother that's new to this, uh, what kind of degrees are required for teaching? Is it a specific degree or or any kind of degree? Yeah, you have to have a degree in uh, formally trained in education. Okay. Um, then they break it down in uh, grade bands and content, you know, obviously social studies, science, language arts, math. Uh, then they then they break it down in a grade band, so you can have a seven to twelve license or a four to nine license or early childhood, which is K through three. Me, I have I am uh, a special education teacher. Also, I have a license oh, nice. and uh, uh, intervention specialist license. So I have a K through twelve, which means I was licensed to teach uh, all grade bands. So. That's the that's where I went into because my father. I should have listened to my father more often, but <laughs> <laughs> you know how we are when we're young and knuckleheads. But uh, he told me that you should go into special education, especially as a black man, because you will never be out of work. And special ed teachers are in high demand, especially uh, African American males in urban districts. So. But that's what you need to, uh, those type of licenses you need to have. You have to have a degree. Um, I have one, uh, I have a, um, an undergrad degree, and then I have two masters in education, one in uh, special education and the other one um, as, in educational leadership. So that's that's where I'm at with, with my former education. I do want a doctorate one day, but I see you had one. I read your bio and... Uh, yeah. How is that, by the way, brother, <laughs> getting that it, doctor? Just as a side note. It's good, man. And a quick, quick story on me. Um, I actually was motivated because I went to OSU and I dropped out, you know, and, and a lot of it was because I come from the inner city. You know, the educational system there wasn't the best. Well, the same system that you're coaching in or you're teaching yeah. right now. Um, right. And it was always easy to me. And it was the first time that I was challenged. And I say ego because it was hard for me to ask for help, you know, so. Yeah. I went back after I started having babies, got married, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it was a challenge. I wanted to see if I could do it. You know, so I've been working on it. And I, I challenge anyone. I think anyone could do it, man. It's just, it's discipline, of course. Yeah, but, yeah. 
We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So they, for, for these certifications, I, I'm assuming it's a minimum of a bachelor's degree. Um, so they're different. Is it just like a base teacher certification or you said there's different ones that you could acquire? Yeah. So, so there's different uh, licensures that you can acquire. So again, they break them down by content areas. And then they also break them down by grade band. So like my daughter, she is uh, going to uh, community college and then she's going to eventually get her early childhood okay. licensure, which is kindergarten through third grade. So she'll be licensed to teach kindergarten through third graders. Um, then the other licensure that they have is grades four through nine. And then they have a seven through 12. I believe that's how it's broken down. Um, so me, I'm an assistant principal at a middle school. So anybody who has a four through nine or a seven through 12, we can hire them. Okay. Um, they also have alternative licenses where you might not exactly be finished with the uh, full licensure process, but you can get an alternative license. Um, they have, well, it just started here in Ohio, which is new. And, it, and the licensures are different. It's crazy because the licensures are different in all 50 states, which makes no sense. But um, and here in Ohio, they call it a resident educator license, where it's a four-year license. Um, you get it right after you get your degree. And then you go through like a residency program. Okay. And then after those four years, you get your, what I have acquired, which is your professional license. Um, that's a five-year. And then you have to renew it every, every five years. So, um, so look at the that's cost that's of those. How much do those certifications cost, and how much do the the continuing ed is that what they can they call it like continuing ed credits to keep it keep it active? What what they call it is is either uh, professional development hours okay. to keep to keep your license active, or they have uh, what they call PDUs. Don't ask me what they are because I I never <laughs> deal with PDUs. I just get the 180 professional development hours, and they're easy to get because. When you have meetings at work, which we call different type of meetings called TBTs or different district meetings, you can get plenty of hours. You accrue more than 180. The cost of a five-year license is $200. I think it's like $225. Okay. So every five years, you're going to pay $225. Um, you know, it's just the investment you have to make to continue to do what you love. So Yeah. Well, that's all right, man. I ask these questions because I'm looking at it from... Two perspectives, you know, a young, a young brother that maybe, you know, in college, maybe just graduated or even someone is thinking about a career change. So not you, but can you give me like a ballpark range? If someone gets out of college, what are they expecting salary wise? Now, I do know um, I give you an example here. Uh, it varies between the school district. So you're think, in Texas, correct? Yeah, I'm in Texas. And okay. one, of, one of our school districts, because I had looked into it, you know, at, at one point we first moved here. Uh, I believe they started around 54. They had it on the website. Yeah. Um, they had all the different grades and the changes. If you have your master's degree, um, tenure, uh, things of that nature. And I know like it depends on the city, what part of the country, but in your area, um, in Ohio, what would you say that, that that range is for someone looking to teach? So in my school district in Aaron Dayton, Ohio, um, you start off making 45. Five or forty-six thousand. I think it's forty-five thousand, if I'm not mistaken. Um, at when you come out of college. Now, you know, this is what I told uh, a group of young prospective African American uh, candidates for 
for education at Central State in November. Um, I told them, I said, if you are a African-American, period, you will get it. You, you will 100% get a job, period, in education. There is no other profession that I know of where you don't have a 100% uh, rate uh, of getting these jobs because we is is such a shortage of pr- professional teachers out there, especially teachers of color. So making $45,000 in Dayton, Ohio is not bad at all. That's the other, my other seven point. Um, I, you said in Texas it's 54 and I, I imagine they up that because of the cost of living. That's correct. Right. But so, yeah, so you start at 45 and then as you accrue, more education, like say for instance, more uh, uh, more hours in in um, in your studies. Let's say you have eighteen hours, mm-hmm. you'll you'll get uh, another bounce, and then when you get a master's, you get another bounce, and then if you accrue more hours, you get another bounce. Okay. So you you know you can make a good livable wage doing something, uh, giving uh, you know performing a service that affects the public, and I, you know. It, it 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 doesn't compare to when I was first started making twenty five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's a good I think it's a good salary. I think so too. And I'm I'm going to come back to something that you said there because I think that it is very important, especially being a black man, to have an educator that resembles them. You know, especially Correct. being a family Correct. man. Um, but and I will circle back to that. But I want you to. Take me on a journey through a typical day. Mr. McKinney wakes up and then what do you do? What's a typical work day for you as an assistant? <laughs> well, the good thing about a, uh, a typical work day is that it's not typical. Um, but I'll give you a, a example. Um, so you go in, you know, uh, first thing I try to do in the morning is uh, check my email. Um, even though my emails come on my phone, but sometimes I don't look at them on my phone. Um you know, we come in, you get your radio because I have a radio to communicate with my other uh, administrators and my teacher leads. Okay. Um, you know, and make sure we cover, you know, different positions in the building um, so kids can uh, enter the building. Once we go get them settled, you know, then I take a walk down the hallway, you know, making sure the kids are settled, making sure there are no uh, issues that I have to deal with. Um, we as administrators are tasked with, uh, evaluating teachers. Um, so normally I have my, uh, pad with me and I will go into classrooms. Um, you know, I'll type on my pad, do some evaluations, what we call walkthroughs. Uh, I'll talk to teachers. I'll talk to students. Um, you know, I'll also go to my office. Um, you know, you may have meetings scheduled, so I may have to attend some meetings, um, you may have some different tasks that you'll have to do. Like you may have to meet with community partners. Um, there may be some mandates from downtown that you have to attend to. Um, it's just a whole assortment of things that you have to do. Sometimes you sometimes you go to work and you immediately have a situation where uh, kids uh, need to be uh, dealt with uh, in a disciplinary manner, unfortunately. But that's just a part of our job. Um, you know, calling parents, um, not only calling parents for discipline reasons, but calling parents, um, for other reasons, you know, such as, you know, Hey, we have your kid here, you know, um, they're doing a good job. So making positive phone calls, um, you know, 
subs. That's a big issue. You know, when 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 uh, teachers don't come to work, we have to. There's a system that we have to tap into to make sure that we uh, get get substitute teachers. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the operational aspects that people don't understand that happens in these buildings. Um, you know, all the way from how kids walk, transition to and from class, all the way to uh, uh, curriculums that, that, you know, teachers have to teach, even though most of that is handled through downtown, but we're still responsible for those particular programs, um, you know, up until, you know, how te- how students transition to the cafeteria, you know, how, how they get their education in their what we call electives. Um, how we do the scheduling. I mean, it's just an assortment of (laughs) um, responsibilities that we have. But in a typical day, you know, it it just depends. I mean, I could come in and, you know, all heck could be breaking loose. You know, kids could come in, parents could be upset about something that another kid did. So we have to spend an hour or two, you know, putting that fire out. you know, it, it, it's just it, the one thing I love about my job is it's never a typical day. It's always something different. But the good thing about it is, is um, we get a chance to affect change with these students. You not only and, and what people don't understand is not only just academically and what they learn. Yes, that is very, very important. Mm-hmm. But it's also, um, you, you know, the trauma that they experience, the, the social, emotional well-being. Um, you know, there are some kids who don't have food, um, so we feed them. There are some kids who are damaged socially, um, so we have counselors for that. You know, there are some kids who just, you know, we're just their counselor, their father figures, mother figures, all of that. Yeah. So, and then when you get to the programming that you have, you want to establish for your buildings, um, whether it be after school programming, um, I've been, uh, well, my former school, I had a mentor program that I was doing, uh, implementing, um, you know, there's just a whole bunch of uh, thing. Oh, we had a social media club we was implementing. It was so many things that we implement so that school is uh, kids are really getting educated holistically. You know, I believe in and most educators believe in in the whole child. You know, this old school way of a kid just come to school and you just teach them X, Y, and Z, that, that's been gone. You, you have to adhere to uh, the whole child and make sure that that child has those social emotional needs that they need um, so they can perform in school. So, you know, that. but that's just a, a brief synopsis of what we do. <laughs> so a lot of our, our listeners, they may not know. I'm from the hometown, too. I'm from Dayton. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and a lot of them, you guys may not know about the socioeconomic climate of the city. When we were growing up, me and Tim were around the same age, um, even though we went to different schools, it was a factory town, you know. And absolutely. So we had the General Motors plants. And actually, I think there's a documentary on Netflix. I should have had the name of that prepared. Um, the one that the Obamas did when they talked about that factory out in Moraine um, that, oh, left, wow. that left. Um, and that's on Netflix right now. But the, the factory shutting down, um, the Fortune 500 companies, we had a discussion about that leaving the town. Um, we had a lot of high schools that closed in that area. So given all these things that's happened to that community, first of all, I just really want to applaud you for, for sewing back to the community because I think that's so important. What do you think is one of the hardest things, given your environment, that you have to deal with as an educator? Um, 
I think the I, I think one of the hardest things is is the sometimes the poverty. Um, and, and what people don't understand is poverty to me it is a mindset. Yes. You know, um, kids, you know, kids come to school, not ex- their self-esteem is broken because of their uh, circumstance. So, you know, they're going to come to school to act out, you know, yeah. and you have to as an educator, you, they don't teach you how to deal with kids who are broken like that you it, it takes some some training and some practice and it takes uh the love for what you do quite frankly because there are a lot of kids i could tell you a million stories about uh, some kids who quite frankly will use foul language will, will cuss you out but yeah you're gonna deal with it you're gonna deal with it sternly however it's gonna be a lesson in what you do, what you say, and how you deal with them, even if they have to suffer a consequence. You know, there have been a lot, I I have a lot of students, I have students as old as, I think, 32, okay? And so there are a lot of students who say, yeah, that come back, you know, and say, yeah, Ms. McKinney, you was right for, you know, (laughs) saying X, Y, and Z, or suspending me for this, this, that, and the other, but you know what, you know, I, I did it, it was my bad. So I think, you know, Circling back to your question, poverty is a major issue. And sometimes in our community, we just don't value education. We don't see the value in it. And, you know, I I, I think even if you just receive a high school diploma, there's value in education because it can get you to places, you know, where you you couldn't go. And even and when I say education, I'm talking about uh, uh, trades like getting that licensure to be a uh, plumber or exactly. electrician or you know a mechanic. You know, I'm not just talking about getting degrees. Yeah. I'm just talking about getting certain any type of education to work in a trade or do whatever, whatever career pathway you choose, um, so that you can be a productive member in society. Exactly. exactly. Um. So I, I think you know, and then. You know, the inequities of funding, you know, all that stuff is being um, played out right now through this pandemic. The inequities of funding, the inequitable treatment of uh, certain public schools, the the pushing of charter schools (laughs) and and not um, treating public schools with the right. giving them the resources that they need, you know, those are a lot of ancillary issues, but I really do think uh, mindset and poverty is the, one of the biggest issues that we face in an urban district. Most definitely. It's it's tough because when I first moved here, um, we stayed kind of in an affluent area. Uh, And one of the first things I noticed when I grew up, you know, we went to the park, we didn't have nets on the rims. You know, we had, Broken glass, you see crackheads, geekers around, swimming pool was pissy, you know. And that stuff, you know, in our environment, you only see people making it out through sports, you know, sometimes through drugs. Um, And then we moved here, you know, my kids were younger, and we went over to uh, a park, like a neighborhood park. And I was sitting there, you know, just meditating. I was looking over. They had these tennis courts. They had uh, the the a swimming pool, like with slides and all these things, you know, 
clean um, basketball courts with the glass backboards. And you think about when you grow up, you know, I'm seeing the other side of the tracks. Psychologically, when you see these kind of things, you believe in anything that's possible, you know, right. versus coming from the other side. So I, I really, like I said, I applaud you again because I think it's very important that we have educators like yourself. Um, briefly, my wife and I, you know, we're trying to, you know, we're watching, you have to watch what your kids watch on TV. You have to monitor stuff. Oh, yeah. And, and I do understand I'm probably going to get some slack from this. Uh, but we've recently been letting our kids watch the reruns of the Cosby show. And I don't condone what he did. Let me put that on the air. But one thing I, <laughs> you know, you have to say that in this cancel culture right now. But, right. But the one thing that I would say for the black community, you cannot negate the fact that that man believed in education. He, yeah. he promoted it. Even, you know, Central and Wilberforce, he gave money. Uh, watching these old episodes, you see all these school insignias on, on his sweatshirts and on the walls, things that we weren't privy to, you know, things we didn't see, um, showing how he guided his kids through school. So I think that was important for for us growing up. And then he dedicated a whole show to college, you know? Yes. So I, I do think that visual element of seeing someone do it, and like this podcast, you know, I want to get brothers out here to show people there are different paths to success. Like you said, um, I know a kid that I coach, he graduated, looked like you said earlier, he went and got a uh, trade in plumbing. So proud of the brother, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because he, he, yeah. has, he has goals set. He's doing some apprenticeship now. Um, and he plans on starting his own. He also does long wear. He's a hustler, you know, and I, and I like the fact that he's driven. And like I told him, you know, college may not be for everyone, you know. Right. But right. as long, long as you, you have a path. So and, and along those lines, I kind of want to pivot this a little bit and I want to go back and I want to talk about your childhood. Um, started from the beginning. See how you got here. Can you tell me a little bit about your household growing up. Yeah. So I I um grew up for most of my childhood in a nuclear family. My father, my mother. Um, then when I was six, my brother came <laughs> in '83. Um, but you know, we, you know, my dad uh, was a uh, journeyman. He he was a journeyman, and then my mother um, worked in uh, casework. She was a caseworker, um, and we lived. You know, we lived in Trotwood, which is for folks who don't know, is a uh, back then, it was a middle class or working class suburb because, again, you know, we had the factories and GM employed just about the whole city. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but um, but my dad had to be a journeyman. That's not what he originally wanted to do. He, him and my mom actually met at Oakwood College. Shout out to Oakwood College in Huntsville, Alabama. And I you know, my mom got pregnant and then after they spent their freshman year there, you know, he quit college and, you know, got a job and, you know, that was that. Um, so we grew up, you know, um, not always, you know, people think, well, you got your mom and your dad. And yeah, we had family was good. We had a good support system, but we also struggled too, just like, you know, typical black family. Yeah. Um, you know, went to Trotwood, um, uh, I think through fourth grade, kindergarten through fourth grade. Then I went to private school, fifth and sixth grade. Uh, we were Seventh-day Adventist, so there was a Seventh-day Adventist school out in Centerville called Spring Valley. Okay. Um, so I went there. Then we moved. Uh, my grandma, yeah, my grandma passed away, and we moved to the to Dayton. Uh, but I went even living in Dayton. I said, I want to go back to Trotwood. So long story <laughs> short. <laughs> yeah. 
So you know how that goes. Oh, yeah, so long yeah. story short, I went to Trotwood from uh, seventh grade to tenth grade, and then I went to back then it was called JVS, then they changed it to CTC. I went there. I got a. Uh, I still ain't got this certificate, dude. Too all these years later, but I got a certificate in electronics. But uh, so yeah, you know, it was a typical, you know, um, typical black family. You know, we struggled, but we had the good times. You know, um, went through some poverty. You know, my dad. You know, because of his job, he would have to work in different places. He went to North Dakota and a couple other far out places to make money. Um, when I was, um, I think when I was a junior, I think that's when they separated when I was a junior in high school. So that affected me a lot. Um, you know, and then, you know, eventually graduated, you know, the thing, but talk about my high school career. And this is what I always, uh, tell, tell kids is, you know, make sure that you do the best that you can in high school, because if you don't, it's going to bite you in the end. Now, I I freely admit this, and I think we talked about it. I graduated, I think, with like a 1.8. And I, I screwed around in high school, and there's multiple reasons why I did. You know, mm-hmm. part of it is because I, I didn't see the need to. I thought high school was stupid, yeah. you know. And then going through some things with my family, you know, with their divorce and, and some other things, you know, I think that affected me too. But my dad, you know, basically at the time, he gave me a choice. He said, hey, listen, son. <laughs> He said, uh, you either going to go to the military or you're going to get a job or you're going to go to Central State. Because mm. at the time he was going, he, he that's when he went back to school and eventually got his degree and, and he got his master's from UD. Okay. So, you know, I said, well, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go ahead and try this college thing out. And it turned out to be the best decision that I've probably made in my life um you know went to central and uh had a ball by the way but uh well you know but uh you know graduated my first year i had a 3.3 i think so i i I knew i could always uh, you know perform well in school but i just needed some motivation struggled a little bit because you know did a little bit too much partying being a knucklehead but i graduated and the thing that again i didn't listen to my father he told me to go into education but my undergrad is in communications (laughs) (laughs) right um but i eventually you know start subbing and then i went to school to get my master's and the rest is history um that's kind of a brief synopsis um of how i grew up the thing about me uh folks probably don't know is my I was born in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Yeah, my mom is from Omaha, Nebraska. So I have my, you know, grandma, my my, my grandma, grandpa, um, aunt, uncles, cousins. They, on her side, my grandma and grandpa are deceased, but, you know, my aunts, uncles, and cousins, they're still there. So hadn't been in a while, but that's just, you know, something. That, and I almost grew up there until my dad got a job in Dayton. And then, again, as they say, the rest is history. So I got you. That's kind of a brief synopsis right there. I could go on, yeah. but, you know. So let me – I want to touch on something because I I coach kids, right? Um, and I deal with a lot of situations where, you know, there's different family dynamics. I mean, I can go yeah. all day on some of the crazy stuff that we've seen. Uh 
I coach too, so I already uh, know. You, so yeah, you feel me on that. So yeah. when you're talking, and I'm sure you see this between coaching and being an educator. When you see some a, a child that actually has both their parents and they're going through a separation, do you take them to the side, or what kind of advice do you give them? Just in case someone may be listening right now that may be in a similar situation or dealing with that, what kind of a you know general advice can you get them to help them get through that period of time? Um. Well, it, you know, it, it is difficult, you know, um, but I always pull kids aside and, you know, just let them. I think sometimes they just need to know that, hey, you know, if you need someone to talk to, you know, yeah. just just come to me. We can have a conversation because a lot of times, especially especially young boys, they, they don't want to talk to nobody. You know, they macho young, you know, but um, just to let them know that, you know, we can chop it up. You know what I'm saying? We can. You know, we can we can talk through this and that that kind of that tends to make them, you know, feel a little bit better. But because you can't, you know, it, I can't insert myself fully, you know, in their family situation, because, number one, I may not know the whole story. So you don't want to if you don't have all the information, you don't want to make uh, make a statement about it. Very wise. But then, you know, number two, you know, um I, you know, they they can't pick, (laughs) you know, it's a mother and dad and I don't want to, you know, have them uh, be in a situation where I'm telling them one is wrong and one is not. Even if I know one is wrong, I can't do that. I have to be neutral. So I think it's just basically uh, having that communication with those particular uh, student athletes. Um, and letting them know that, hey, man, you can contact me anytime, you know, even just taking them out to dinner or something or lunch yeah. or, you know, that that stuff, that stuff helps. People don't understand it. You know, it, the, it's the little stuff that counts yeah. with these kids, you know, um, you know, e- e- you know, even getting them, you know, like I used to coach football and, you know, maybe getting some new cliques or, you know, whatever, you know. Mm-hmm things of that nature. So just building those bridges and building those relationships with those uh, kids, it, I think it, it helps them uh, tremendously. I agree completely. You know, my, my wife and I were having to talk about this earlier that, you know, I think every generation goes through their thing. And, you know, we went through stuff growing up too. This generation has to deal with this social media and it's just a whole nother ball game. You know, it's, it's awful. Yeah. Not only, <laughs> but you know, it's not even the, you know, the bullying is a, a big aspect of it. But aside from that, you know, you portray, you, you create your own persona online, you know, and these kids see these things and so you don't know how it affects them psychologically. Um, so, yeah, it's 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 pretty crazy. Uh, another thing you said, I kind of want to roll back to you were talking about Central. Uh, for people that don't know, Central's is an HBCU that's located in Ohio. Uh, what do you think the importance or the value of HBCUs are? Oh, <laughs> They're tremendous. You know, the sense of community that you have at an HBCU, you know, rather, you know, you go to any HBCU across the country. If I go to Atlanta, I go to Clark and I say, yeah, you know, I went to Central State University. You know, there's a bond there, Yeah. you know, because it's it's a family atmosphere, you know. Um, I think HBCUs are very advantageous for um young black African-Americans and a kid like me who, you know, struggled, I wouldn't say struggle academically, but just didn't have the motivation to do well. 
you know, I had different professors that believed in me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you go to an Ohio State, you're in a room with two, three, four hundred people. And you ain't getting that personal one on one. Amen, brother. Yeah, yeah you ain't, it, it ain't. It's not like that, you know. So, you know, that's kind of what I needed, you know. And then plus, it's just the the you know the friendships, you know. Yeah, I know when you go to college, you may have friendships for life, but, you know, the camaraderie, you know, the um, the HBCU spirit, it's just something different going to an HBCU than it is uh, a regular university. Um, you know, the homecomings, you know, the pageantry, you know. The band. Uh, the gotta, band, oh, band fraternities, sororities, all that stuff. I mean, it's just... It, it, it's just such a a, a a good deal, and like I said, you know, yeah, you, yeah, yeah there may be some tussles here and there, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's all love. Um, and, and you know, HBCUs were a necessity. Yes. Um, you know, and that's what a lot of people I don't think really understand. You know, black black people, um, you know, back in the day, could not go to a regular university, thus. That is why HBCUs were created. (laughs) And that's why they still exist today, because they are a special, special uh, institution. And and so, you know, yes, you know, HBCUs can be hard sometimes because of the understaffing and the lack of resources. They can be hard to tolerate sometimes. I'm not saying I'm just going to be honest, you know, but at the end of the day, I would recommend uh, any student or student athlete going to an HBCU because it's, it is an experience unlike any other, if you ask me. I hear you. I had a, I had a great time. I, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, actually. I'm right. I'm right. So now we're, we're at the point in the interview where I have three questions. You know, I'm going to ask this to everybody. So the first one is, we all know that our past molded who we are. You had to go through those things growing up to be the educator and the man that you are. Actually, let me step back. You're a family man, correct? Absolutely. Do you have any children? Yeah, I got a daughter. She's 18. She just graduated uh, yeah, high you, school. Okay, cool. And, uh, you know, uh, obviously I got my wife, so it's just us three. <laughs> all right, that's all right. But, you know, like I said before, I think that's good that, you know, they see you, you know, as a unified front with your family. So, like I said, all these things you went through in life, they built up to make you the man you are today. But if you can go back in time and the older you could talk to the younger you, what kind of advice would you give yourself? <laughs> Man, I think, you know, I would tell my uh, my my younger self is to listen to the adults who have wisdom and that was there before you. Mm. And when you listen to them, take their advice. And also, um, you need to acquire as much wisdom as possible in regards to life in general. Um, I think some of the things, you know, yeah, I mean, now I have a house, I have a good career, I have these degrees, I got cars and all this stuff. But people don't understand, these young people don't understand the struggle. <laughs> the str- I mean, the struggle that it took to get these things and it could have been a little bit easier. You're always going to go through some trials and tribulations, but it could have been a little bit easier if I had to just listen to some advice. So as I got older, 
you know, in my mid twenties, mid to late twenties per se, you know, I start I start maturing and listening to, you know, things that my older uh, family members or elders would say. And I start taking their advice and surprise, it kind of worked out, <laughs> you know. So I, I think to me, you know, that's the main thing is you, you've got to tap in to somebody who's been in this world and who, who knows uh, what, they're, what, what they're talking about. I think also, you know, um, you got to you got to be a self-starter and whatever you do. And you have to have a plan. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to plan for your future or else it'll be chaotic. Um, and you have to be motivating the self-starter to make something out of yourself. You know, me and you know people, yeah. and unfortunately, um, who have not uh, done well for themselves or who've been in trouble, been in jail, etc. You know, because they failed to plan and they got caught up in some foolishness. But if they just had planned, if they just had you know, listen to folks and, and do what they need to do, you know, they, they could they could be further along in life. So, you know, I think that's the biggest thing um, that I would tell my younger self, because, um, you know, I made knucklehead mistakes, but that's just going to happen. Yeah. When you right. <laughs> 18, 19, 20. Yeah, you're right. Really. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I, younger Tim, he would be he he would have made it a little bit easier if he had to listen. <laughs> <laughs> so, second question I got for you. So, I'm a big proponent of strengthening one's mind, body, and spirit. You know, so mm-hmm. can you share how you personally strengthen either one of those areas or all three of those areas? Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm a Christian, so you know, I, I read my devotions. Um, you know, that helps me a lot. Um, and then, you know, because what I do is, you know, quote unquote, high stress. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I take time to meditate. Um, you know, I I think a lot of, um, black men in general need to look at that, you know, quit, quit with all the macho stuff. We, okay. We macho enough, you know, I agree. (laughs) you know, you know, they need to, you know, although I haven't done yoga, uh, maybe invest in yoga, doing things that uh, calm the mind, body, and spirit. Um, you know, of course, exercise. I go for walks, if not every day, every other day. You know, you have you have to eat better. You just have to take care of yourself. And then, you know, maybe you know who, if you have those, you know, books that you know keep you motivated, um, you know maybe read those books or read those quotes from different folks. You know, I know I have, um, one of my friends who send meditations. I'm not meditation. He sends, a uh, um, devotion, more devotion. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, sometimes those get me going throughout the day. Um, and, you know, just, you know, making sure that, you know, uh, I have a level attitude. I don't get too high. I don't get too low. You know, I'm not going to allow somebody else to take me out of my element, especially when I'm working with, you know, kids and yeah. adults. Um, I've learned now, you know, I, I'm not, you're not going to stress me out. One thing <laughs> that I have said, listen, man, let me tell you, the one thing that I have uh, said and that I'm, I'm going to make sure is whatever takes me out, it ain't going to be stress. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't let people stress me out, man. I, life is too short, you know, and, and, you know, we got all this, you know, Corona going around and all these other diseases. I, you know, I, I am going to make sure that, you know, I do the, the best that I can do with my body, you know, my mind, my spirit, you know. And, and another thing is this. I mean, to cut myself off, <laughs> put, put good people around you. Yes. Put good people around you. One of the things, briefly, that I uh, talked on another podcast is I noticed that as I start getting older into my, um, and then start acquiring, accruing more years into my profession, the only people I have around me are, guess what? Educators, Mm -hmm. mostly. And I guess because we're we're like-minded, but we're like a family, you know? Um, And... I'm not going to allow um, other people's negativity. I'm not going to let them sow that into me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to we, we're going to talk about stuff and we're going to, you know, you know how black folks is. Yeah. We're going to talk. We're going to criticize. Well, we're going to talk stuff. Oh, yeah. But at the, <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, I'm not going to allow uh, myself to get roped into that because, you have to have good people around you. And I got a good crew of people um, around me. Um, as you know, yeah. uh, those folks, <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, uh, but I, I am not going to allow, you know, myself to be um, around people with so much negativity who are backstabbers and who are what we like to call haters. Yes. <laughs> you know, so it, that's just been my thing. I used to teach, you know, young kids about that. The hate, the word hating, you know, it's just, yeah. a, you know, and I'm a Christian too. It's, it's a lack of faith. You know, when you yeah. hate, you're basically saying you don't feel that God could do the same thing for yourself. And, and I think that it was very good that you brought that up as far as the company you keep and unplugging, you know, I teach my kids too. And you know, the kids I mentor, Sometimes you just need to put your phone down. You need to uh, unplug from social media. You know, in the climate that we have going on right now, the COVID stuff and this presidency, you know, and I know people are disagreeing, but there's a certain level that it crosses over to disrespect and stuff starts disturbing your spirit. And I feel like if you feel that strongly, sometimes you got to eliminate certain people out of your life and just keep it moving because yeah, with the history of hypertension that goes on within our race and stuff, I eliminate anything that I feel is a stressor. So me and you are... We're on the same page with that, brother. Absolutely. Absolutely. We have to. So the so last question I have on that one is, you know, through this whole you know chat that we had, uh, there anything that we didn't cover that you would like to just go on record to tell young brothers or just anybody looking for like a career change? Yeah. You know, I, what I would say to um, my young brothers is, you know, you can do anything that you set your mind to. You know, no matter how dire your situation is, there are countless examples of people who have made it, who people counted out. And I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I, last night, me and my wife, we looked at the I don't know if you saw the uh, Master P documentary. No, I haven't watched it yet. OK, well, but you know the story, though, oh, you yeah. know how he made it and. You know, he was down and out, but he, the one constant that he believed in, he, he, he foresaw himself being successful and he just knew it was going to happen. And, you know, that's one of the things that I always do, you know, and I would tell uh, my young brothers is see yourself being successful 
And and once you see yourself being successful, speak it into existence. I believe in that wholeheartedly. I speak stuff into existence. And nine times out of 10, it happens. I said I was going to be in education and I was. Mm -hmm. I said I was going to get a master and I did. I said I wanted to be an administrator and I am. You know, I said I want to be to to um, have another uh, couple of other business interests. And and I will, you know, you have to speak it into existence. Then you have to uh, plan and prepare and then execute it. Um, but that, you know, that's what I would tell my young brothers is, you know, you can do all things mm-hmm. in Christ and you can do anything that you put your mind to. Don't. Let anybody tell you that you can't, but you have to seek out the right counsel, seek out the right people, mm-hmm. um, and then implement it and execute it. Uh, that that would be my uh, word for today. <laughs> I, I, I agree. And I'm going to piggyback on that, too. I, I think that it's also important. It's a two-way street that you don't speak negative about yourself either keeping negative Absolutely. words, out, you know, so I, I make sure that my key is there's certain words I don't like them to use because I don't want them to hear that and to get into their right. system and they start believing that about themselves. You know, we're beautiful, we're strong, we're intelligent, we're creative. You know, you don't listen to anything outside of that. It goes against what we know that you are created to be. You're great, you know, and we don't accept anything less. So, oh yeah, man, we, we, Absolutely. we definitely agree. Well, I, I want to thank you, man, for carving out some time to share your story. I really think it'll be beneficial for folks. Now, I know that we had talked. Um, I want to give you a second to discuss. Do you have any current uh, side projects going on? Anything that you want to promote? Get out there. Yes. Um, so I um, will be starting my podcast. I'm hoping to launch it um, sometime in August, in mid to late August. Okay. Um, it's called The Truth Meter. Um, and we, we talk about uh, hot topics and current events. Uh, we deal with um, you know social justice issues, culture, education, things of that nature, and I'm so very excited. Um, it's just funny how um, God works in mysterious ways about how we connected, yeah. and you know we're kind of doing the same thing. But you know, I, I start I'm starting this podcast because I feel like I have a lot to give to society in general. Definitely. You know, I have a lot lot to say, <laughs> but you know. It's also a way that, you know, we can disseminate information and we can disseminate good information to people. Um, There's so much negative out here. You know, yeah, we're going to discuss some controversial topics, but we're going to we're going to discuss them in a way where we're going to be passionate about what we believe in. But we're also going to try and be respectful and, and maybe agree to disagree. So it's called the truth meter because, you know. I am a guy who believes in the truth <laughs> by by any means necessary. You must you must be fact based um, and you must speak the truth. And, you know, I, I'm just so glad that I'll be given the opportunity to have a platform, you know, to um, disseminate this type of information to the public. So, yeah, man, um, it's again, we're looking at a mid August, mid to late August launch. Okay. Um, I got so many ideas. I really don't want to say everything now because right. it's a lot that, you know, I'm uh, working on. But um, be looking out for that. Um, and 
be 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 ready to tell the truth. It's the truth, meter. I hear you, brother. When I, when I post this on the website, and I'll, you know we're gonna stay in touch, of course. I'll definitely make sure that I put a link to that podcast there once it comes up. Um, okay. I don't know if you want to give any social media handles right now, or if you just or or contact information so they could be on a subscribe list, or you want them just to get off the website. So. Well, they can. Well, right now, that again, that's what I'm working on. Okay. Um, you know, working on getting the logo, uh, getting the website. Gotcha. Um, and all those type of things. So I don't have any contact information right now. But um, if they look me up on Facebook, Timothy McKinney Jr., um, I will have all that information there um, on Twitter. Um, it's, it's, I believe it's T. McKinney Jr. Um, but my main medium is uh, Facebook. And if they just, you know, go there, you know, there will be... In August, I would say mid-August, there will be more information. And uh, but we're gonna, you're gonna know. Trust me. <laughs> all right. That's all right. All right, brother. Well, thank you for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, man. Appreciate right. you. Thank you, and uh, have a good rest of your day. All right, bro. You be safe. You too. I hope these authentic stories show different paths to success and provide mentorship. Please be sure to visit us at drjinterviews.com for additional content and social media info. Stay resilient.